Welcome everyone to Random Thoughts. I'm wife. And I'm husband. And we are here today with a two-time Harry Potter TCG champion. The reigning world champion defending her title. Yes. And that is Miss Brittany. Hello. Hi guys. How's it going? Uh, wonderful. How are you guys? We're doing pretty well. So have you finally, um, calmed down from the Gen Con insanity? <laughs> yeah, I rested up. I'm good to go now. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a weekend that kind of takes, takes its toll. Yes. Um, so you are now a two-time Harry Potter champion. How's that feel? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do to celebrate? Um, I didn't do anything. Oh, I was just really on. excited, and I walked around with my trophy all day, so that was really cool. Because <laughs> a know, bunch of people were really excited. They're like, "Oh, those are the coolest trophies ever!" So then I got to tell them about it. So that was pretty. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, I was about to ask how many people stopped you about the trophy specifically. Several, several. They're like, "Those are the coolest trophies we've ever seen," and I was like, "Yes, I know." <laughs> <laughs> awesome. It was awesome. So, um, I guess let's get straight down into it. So, this is your second cha- um, second time. So, what deck did you play this year? Um, so, the deck I played this year was really similar to last year. So, I had uh, Professor McGonagall as my starting character. Um, and basically, why she's so awesome is because she starts off with a transfiguration, um, already a lesson in play already. Um, that way you don't have to run transfiguration, uh, lessons in the deck. Um, and she's Gryffindor, which is another awesome thing. <laughs> <laughs> I use, uh, so there were seven care of magical creatures lessons and then eight charms. So those were the same as last year too. Okay. Um, so it doesn't, it's not like a lesson heavy deck. Right. Um, then Spagonagal already gives you one, one transfig lesson, um, and then I also ran books, so I think those were all the same as last year. I had three, the standard book of spells, um, and then two fantastic beasts and where to find them, and then three guide to household for pests. Um, and then I had two adventures, which were pep talk, which is a change from last year. Yeah, I was going to um, say, that sounds new. That was new. Um, so last year it was sticking up for Neville, um, which it didn't really do much. Um, and so this year, through playtesting, um, we're like, okay, let's try to add pep talk. And that was actually, I think it was last year at Gen Con, um, Stefan was playing with a, um, I think it was a Weasley's like adventure deck. Um, okay. and he said that he really liked it. And I think he's the one that actually told me about pep talk. Um, and so I ended up getting a couple and I added those to the deck this year, um, which I thought I was going to be able to use more, um, than I actually did. So basically the way that works is the first action your opponent uses on each of his or her turns, it has to be to draw a card, okay. uh, which means they draw for their turn and then their first action they have to draw, which means they're basically milling the entire time. Right. Um, and then to solve, your opponent has to show a card from their hand with a printed power of eight or more. So if your opponent is running like a very uh, like low low deck, um, so say like the, the max that they have is six, they're never going to be able to solve it. Right. Um, so basically okay. you just kind of have to wait it out and then they're going to end up knowing themselves. Um, and then their reward, if they can actually win, is that they get to draw two cards, which at that point they don't need to draw any more cards. <laughs> right, right. So, so yeah. did that end up working out for you? It sounds like you weren't too excited about how it performed. 
Um, I wasn't too excited. I only got to play it a couple times, so there's only two in the deck. Um, and there were a couple times where I drew it just late in the game, so it didn't really matter. Um, and then I think in the very end when I was playing Ian, um, then I actually got to use it against him, but he was able to like compete pretty well against it. So it didn't do as much as I wanted, um, but it was, it was fun to play with. Yeah, I think you, you played it out when we played and I happened to have Fluffy in my hand, so that, yeah. um, that felt good for me. <laughs> yeah. the, the same thing happened against Monica too because I think I played it against her twice and like right off the bat she was like oh I can solve that so yeah that's a Monica, feels bad Monica and I always seem to have like without talking to each other we always pull very similar decks yeah um yeah. and I don't know how that happens but you know it does so um you had that that did anything else come out as a major uh player for you if since that one didn't perform as well um a major player i really like stream of flames i think those are really cool and picking on neville so stream of flames um lets you do three damage to your opponent and you can also choose a creature and play that's a lot of tempo that's a it's awesome um and it costs a spell power of five um and so the great thing about that so even if people had creatures on board, um, you were able to pretty much kill them because a lot of the creatures that people use, um, basically their health is only a three or lower anyways, unless they have those really, really big creatures. Um, They can pretty much get rid of a lot of stuff. Um, And then picking on Neville, I really like, um, because it lets you, you get to pick one of your opponent's cards and play and then discard it. And then they can, um, they can prevent it by choosing like two of their cards in play other than the strength character and discarding them. So basically like you get to pick one and could be potentially their best card or they have to get rid of two. Mm-hmm. Um, either way you're getting them down, which yeah, is pretty awesome. Yeah, Neville can definitely be backbreaking as I found out on the receiving end against other people. Right? But uh, <laughs> that splash yeah. for uh, transfiguration comes in handy, it seems, because there's a, a lot of cards along those lines that can definitely turn a game on its head or lock someone out very yeah. quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I really, so this year, um, the couple of changes I made. So last year I had two lost notes, um, which basically lets you choose one of your opponent's items or lessons and play and discard it. Um, and this year I only went with one and I switched out one of the lost notes for Dobby's disappearance. Um, nice. And that one lets you, you get to choose one of your opponent's cards and play and return it to their hand. And you get one more action that turn. Um, in which it really came, it was in handy several different times that I got to play it. And I only had one in the deck and it's still, I got to use it more than I thought. So yeah, oh, that definitely shows up a lot in our builds that happen to feature transfiguration because Dobby's yeah. disappearance, it's just a great catch all answer. It really is. Yeah. So uh, tell us about the actual event. Uh, who did you play against? How did that end up going? Obviously um, it turned out pretty well, but <laughs> more of the it, specifics. Was awesome. Um, I think Jackie can attest that we were both having some issues with getting lessons. Yeah. Uh, so I think I played you first, right? Yeah. I think feel like you and I uh, play each other first every year. Um, yeah. Just gonna throw yeah. That out there. That last year too. Um. So I think it was round one. You drew lessons. Round two. I drew lessons. And round three. Neither of us drew lessons. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was a struggle. And I will say that was like a continuing theme throughout the throughout the day. Um, I know like my deck in particular, I don't have very many lessons to start with, but I have a lot of books. 
Um, but my issue is like, I would either be, um, charms heavy or I'd be cured magical creatures. So I couldn't get the other stuff out. Okay. Whereas I had a lot of lessons. They just didn't feel like they wanted to make their appearance known at Gen Con. <laughs> um, but you know, that's fine. Yeah. Um, somebody needs to show up at class. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, no. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> so obviously you started out 1-0. Would you end up playing in the second round? Um, I'm trying to remember. I know I played Nolan at one point. Okay. Um, he was running the Arthur Weasley deck. Right. And that one, I will say, I think that one and Monica's were probably my two biggest challenges throughout the day. Because, okay. um, so with Nolan's, he had a couple of the items in his deck. He had the, I think it's the earmuffs. Right. Um, and so basically every time he was doing seven damage to me, because um, I think it's the one that says, like, you can do damage equal to that that printed power. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so he, like, right off the bat did quite a bit of damage pretty quickly. Yeah, I'm um, pretty familiar with that build because he, uh, I was playing items as well, and he locked me out of my win condition because I couldn't play Arthur Weasley. Womp oh, womp. No. <laughs> Yeah, that one was that was was challenging. And then right. I also saw um, so a lot of people came out with McGonagall this year, way yes. more than last year. Um, so a lot of us had like pretty similar decks with only a little bit of differences. Um, and so like Monica's, I know she was running uh, McGonagall as well. And so that was difficult um, to play up against. Yeah, just because we're so similar. On the McGonagall note, um, I know Stefan is now on his watch list. Mm-hmm. So what are your so, thoughts on the uh, Sea of McGonagall at this year's event? Um, I mean, I, I like McGonagall as a starting character. I also think she could be good um, just as an additional character. Um, but there's also some other, I think, starting characters like Flitwick. I think it's a really good one. There are a couple of people running Flitwick. Right. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting because it, I definitely thought it was more challenging this year. Because there were a lot of decks um, with similar builds, so it's harder to go up against each other. Right. Um, and like Monica's in particular, like as soon as I would get out, you know, a creature, she had removal and vice versa. Um, and so we were kind of like at a stalemate. So it made it, it definitely made it more interesting. Um, yeah. So do you feel, it, I guess to pull a little bit more from you, do you think that McGonagall is. I guess, deserving of the bullseye that she's painting on herself? Or do you think we need a little more information before we go any further? Um, I think, I don't know if I would ban her, just because there's not that many cards to begin with, um, unless you, like, start making cards or making proxies of cards. Right. Um, just because they're so, they're, some of them are so limited. And then I think there's other... Um, like starting characters who could be just as good as her, uh, the right. ones that let you have, like, give you another lesson in play. Like, Flitwick, um, would be similar. I think it's just depending on how you build your decks. Right. But I, I don't know about banning. I think it, personally, I think it might be a little early. I'm okay with the way Stefan had phrased it on a watch list just to see how yeah, it shakes yeah. out. Because yeah. let's be real, there, there isn't a whole lot of data or information on this game at this point. This is true. So I think it would be fair to give it a little bit more time, let it flesh itself out. Because now that everybody, I mean, I think people going into this year were aware that the McGonagall lists were strong. Mm -hmm. But I think next year people are really going to be gunning for it. So I we'll think, see how it goes. I think it's because 
I think it's also hard because at this point, every winning deck has been McGonagall. Yeah. So it just, so, well, it like, seems outside looking yeah. in. But. Yeah. So um, I think Watchlist is good. I think maybe instead of, like, if we decide that, okay, she's a way too powerful as a starter, maybe, like, ban her as a starter, but allow her to be that's in what, the deck. Yeah, that's what he was suggesting. Yeah. Is, uh, yeah. Um, so, Which I think is fair. I mean, yeah. So do you feel that, since obviously you're splashing for Transfiguration when using Gonagall, do you feel that she's head and shoulders above the other professors? Because comparatively, yeah, Flitwick is reasonable. Snape might be reasonable, but uh, who's the the Quidditch one? Uh, Madame Hooch. I feel like there might be a tier or two in between. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, let's 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 be honest. The Transfiguration um, is, or uh, the the Quidditch lessons are rough. And, yeah, the same with Care Magical Creatures, because half the creatures require you to pop the lesson. Yeah. What do you think, Brittany? Do you feel that there's a, a wide disparity between those, or do you think they're closer than people might first assume? Um, personally, I think they're closer. Um, it's nice that you get to discard an adventure with her, but, like, with others, like Flitwick, where the, he already provides a charms in play... Like you could have a similar setup where you don't play charms lessons then and you get you still get to play your your right. charm spells. Um it would be interesting if you had like a very I guess if you had a very similar deck with like Flitwick or some of the other professors where you had um multiple different lesson types, like McGonagall with the three lesson types, you could have Flitwick with three and then compare and do play testing. Right. And kind of see, you know, is it the actual starting character or is it that type of deck that makes it so good. Yeah. That's completely fair. And I think that's a reasonable way to approach it going into next year. It's going to be very interesting because of some of the other changes that are on the horizon, but we'll get to that in just a moment. So after your first few rounds, and then we ended up going to the cut for top four, was it correct? Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. How did your elimination rounds go? Um, so they were rough. So I played Monica. Um, and so me and her had very similar decks. Um, and so I just felt like, and I played her before the cut too. So I ended up playing her twice. Okay. Um, and it was just the entire time it was very, it was very rough. Like I would do, do well like one time and then she would do really well the next. And basically it was just like very close the entire time. So it was very nerve wracking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and because I guess that's the difference between last year, um, since we both had the same starting character, and they were just very similar decks. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then what about the finals? How did the uh, the grand finale go? Um, so that was awesome. Elaine Chase, uh, the lead designer, actually, that's when she came over um, to the table. Um, and so I don't know if you guys were there during that part. I got uh, to Elaine introduce myself briefly, but yeah, I think yeah. Jackie was absent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was trying to find food. <laughs> okay. Yeah, from so she she stepped up like right as we were getting ready to start uh the final round. Um and so I think me and Ian were both really nervous. <laughs> she she stayed the entire time and it was awesome. That's really cool. Um, so I will say I think we were both a little nervous and we we're in the final round. Um that one was really good because I gotta play Pet Fox. So Ian was playing Flitwick as a starting character. Um and me and him have actually play tested both of those decks numerous times. Um, so I was, I was kind of excited to see how it went because he made a lot of changes, okay. basically 
the night before the world championship, and then I made a couple changes the night before. <laughs> nice. Um, so we hadn't played with those exact decks, and so that was like our first time actually running through to see how they did. So that was cool. Awesome. Yeah, and then I actually got to use pep talk against him, and it basically it basically came down to like the last couple cards. Oh well, then it uh, pulled its weight, I guess, if it uh, yeah. was poking yeah. away the whole game. Yep. That that really is the best part of that card. It's just that that nice quiet like poke, poke, poke. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, it sounded like you had a pretty great event, um, and you had, so nothing gave you, like, too much trouble, but it was a little bit harder than last year, would that be a fair summary? It was definitely harder than last year. Um, I think, I think Nolan's Arthur Weasley deck probably gave me the most trouble, um, because of the items, and I just, I didn't have any way to remove them, um, so I ended where I took out the one lost notes mm-hmm. um, and had to replace it with Dobby's disappearance. Like I only had the one where I could remove a specific item that yeah. I kept getting. Um, and he was able to get earmuffs out and just do like a lot of damage pretty quickly. Right. Yeah. Earmuffs yeah. and Arthur Weasley can spell a lot of trouble for uh, right. creature based decks. Yeah. So yeah. we wanted to get your other thoughts moving on from the event about some of the other changes that are coming into the, I guess we'll call it the new season, yeah. even though it's now like 11 months away, <laughs> or 11 and a half months away. Although one of the, to jump around a bit, Stefan was indicating that he's going to be trying to make some efforts to show up at other events. Do you anticipate that you may make an appearance, try and uh, defend your title if he go, has Harry Potter events at other cons? I would love that. that. I actually talked to Stefan. I think it was when you guys were getting ready to do the, um, was it Cube Wars or Cube? Not Giant Wars, Cube. Uh, um, yeah. And and where he lives up in Chicago, and I'm in Dayton, and then Ian's over in Indy. We're like, we need to meet somewhere in the middle, which is basically Indy, right. uh, and hang out more over the next year. And so I think I think having more events is an awesome idea. Um, just getting to hang out with everyone more than just the one time a year would be really oh, cool. Yeah. For sure. They, we've said about other games, but the Harry Potter group is really fun to hang around with and joke yeah. around with, that it it creates a good atmosphere for the events as opposed to, well, I'll be honest, when I was playing Magic, it wasn't nearly as much fun as when we're playing <laughs> Harry Potter now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it's also like, at this point, we've all seen each other a few years in a row, so... It kind of it's like, oh, hey, how you been? I haven't seen you for a couple months. Let me run through everything that I remember that you said had happened, was happening in the past year. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, what do you think about um, possibly, at least to me, the most exciting thing that Stefan announced? Sideboards. I think it's an awesome idea. Um, I've actually never played a game with a sideboard. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting for me to, like, just try to learn and do some playtesting over the next year. Um, probably start, like, there's other events in the local area that use sideboards, so I might try to go to one of those um, just to practice. But I, I think it's an awesome idea. Um, I think it'll make it more fun, definitely more challenging, more fun um, next year. So Being able to sideboard is definitely a, um, it's a, it's a really nice thing to have, like because that way it comes down both to luck 
end skill kind of, so it's like I can kind of build well, my deck over what's happening, like real quick. Well, it changes the strategic decisions there we go. over the That's course it. of the game because you can accept, okay, well, maybe I'll lose game one, but then you mm-hmm. can board into certain things to try and cover up for certain strategies. It allows a little more freedom where you could be a little more narrow in certain aspects. So, okay, I know there's going to be a lot of McGonagall, so maybe I'll main deck a lot of removal. Mm-hmm. But then my opponent's playing all items. Well, I'll board out my creature removal, board in Lost Notes, or yeah. things along those lines. It's going to be very interesting, especially the way the resource system for the Harry Potter TCG functions, that you can splash for these sort of things, especially if you're running one of the professors. Mm-hmm. So um, are you thinking that you might join Monica and I on the um, petition of Stefan? And by petition, I mean bugging him relentlessly for a mulligan. <laughs> Um, I might join you guys if that's a thing. Let's do it. Uh, we had talked about it, and I think it's finally time to make it happen. It doesn't have to be, like, a full mulligan, but I think if you, like, pull up your hand and there are literally no lessons in your hand, you should be allowed to put it back and go. Personal thought. Um... I definitely think a mulligan would have helped at the the world. (laughs) I know, I talked to other people about it, too. Yeah, Um, so the petition's gonna happen. It is some. I can certainly understand his perspective of it could be a little dangerous. Yeah. Like that's a, a pretty significant change. But at the same time, it, it, it's not the first maybe, game to have a mulligan. Maybe we <laughs> so. do an experimental mulligan uh, event. Yeah, we'll I guess it, you could try different types of mulligans too. Yeah. Different tricks for games with different mulligan types. Oh yeah, there's a there's a variety of options, or we could come up with something unique for this game given the rule set. I'm sure there's something that's viable there. Yeah. So one other thing that we wanted to pitch to that I've been I bring it up to Stefan every time I talk to him, but I think the world champion should get to make a card. So if there are ever player created sets, the world champion would get to, you know, they create one and, and it goes into the next set for the next year. So let's say that that was in place. Do you have something in mind that you definitely 100% wish was in the game? And what would oh, it do? Oh, goodness. I'm not sure. I don't know what I'd pick if I have to make my own. i got to put you on the spot. <laughs> it would definitely, I would make a creature because I love creatures. Okay. Um... If you want, if there's one that already is a card, then feel free to modify it if you wanted it. So if you really love Fang, but, well... <laughs> Fang's just so disappointing, but he's just so cute. <laughs> he's so hard to get out, the issue. Right? Right. Yeah. I don't, it would definitely be some sort of creature. Um, Some sort of snake. Okay. I would either make a new, like, not Slithering Serpent, but something along those lines. You could make so. Nagini as a card. Yeah. Or the basilisk. Or the, yeah. Well, yeah, but like the basilisk is its own weird thing, but Nagini would be awesome. Well, if there was ever a player-created set oh, creating dude. a new faction, is what? You could play the basilisk, and it petrifies your opponent for a turn, so they can't do anything. Like they oh, lose actions? Cool. Yeah, like, so your opponent loses the next two actions? That would be nice. super powerful. Like okay. that. <laughs> your opponent loses their first action? I don't know. That would. I mean, it's I a cool know. idea. That makes thematic sense, but that would be pretty tough to balance. 
That would be cool. Yeah. Wait, wait. So unless your opponent has an item out, they lose two actions. Why an item? Because I'm like imagining Hermione looking through the mirror, and so like you see it off the reflection of the item. Okay. I'm stretching it, but I literally just read that <laughs> chapter because I'm in my rereading Harry Potter, pretending the rest of the world doesn't exist mode at the end of the summer, like I do every year. Um, That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a nice little world of denial before the school season starts. Ah, uh, that's smart. Um, so yeah, I just reread that chapter, so it could work. So, uh, aside from throwing, because we could probably be here all night throwing out ideas about things that could come, because there's, I know wife has a, a laundry list, a diary full of ideas, but. I just want my Death Eaters to come out and to play. Well, I mean, that is something we've talked about, having it as another faction. But anyway, before we digress again, (laughs) so going into next year, do you expect that, without giving away all your secrets, do you think you're running McGonagall again? Do you have some other stuff that you wanted, that you were close to playing this year, that maybe will come out next year? Um, I think I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to play yet, but I want to make a new deck. Okay. I have decided on starting characters. Um, I was playing around with a plant deck the other day, um, but I haven't quite figured that one out. Yeah, we were running one for a while ourselves. It feels like it's really close, but yeah, I'm not quite sure I, what it's missing yet. Yeah, I'm not either. Um, and then, so I finally opened up the booster box from last year. Okay. Uh, and then he ended up buying several booster boxes, and so for my birthday, I got to open up a whole booster box, because I love opening cards up, <laughs> nice. um, and we got some new ones, so I think I want to do something with those, trying to make some different decks and play tests. Great. Awesome. I like McGonagall, uh, but I don't know if I'll play her again next year, just because there were so many McGonagalls this year, I think it'd be cool to switch it up. Well, that's fair. <laughs> Variety is the spice of life and all that. Okay. So, um... I guess without anything, without any um, other, like, major things coming up in the Harry Potter universe, because as we said, it is 11 and a half months away, um, <laughs> do you have any shout-outs or uh, plugs or anything like that you want to do? Um, I just want to thank everyone for another awesome year. It was great to see. So last year was my first year. Um, and it was great to see all the different people that came out this year. I know Stefan got several more people signed up. Um, he was able to do some other events. I heard like the Giant Wars and the Cube went really well. Um, so I just want to think really everyone. well. Giant Wars, I think, has finally bit the dust. Oh no. Um, yeah, we're definitely out of out it's, of people for that. It's a tough thing to in general. I mean, I know everybody always looks at Magic's Commander and says, "Oh, well, we can do that." And you can, but it is tough for people who maybe only play this game once or twice a year to have to learn, like, hundreds of new cards because you're only allowed one. Yeah. It's a little tough. Hopefully, if we keep growing the the main event, it'll spill back over, and then those things will come back alive. Yeah. I I know I wanted to play in Cube, and it was sold out before I got to sign up. Yeah. Um, well, it sounds like there's going to be a lot more next year because it seems as though Stefan's going to try and super condense. Popular. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so you, yeah, I, I sat around and watched the first part of it, and it looked really fun. Yeah, it's it's something that I want to get involved with, but the timing always seems to get messed up for us. Yeah, it's like every year we have another event that we have to do. 
Yeah. Maybe one day. Yeah. Well, um, was there anything else you wanted to shout out? I know I kind of interrupted you there with the uh, end of Giant Wars, but. Um, I just thank everyone. Thank, thanks, Stefan, again. Um, him and Monica running the whole event. Um, it was just, it was a really awesome year. And that was just a highlight. And getting to meet Elaine Chase was probably the best thing ever. Um, so just thank you, everyone. Awesome. Well, thank you, Brittany, so much for coming on. Um, we really look forward to seeing you next year and seeing what else you have to bring. And maybe we will all get super lucky and have another Harry Potter event at another, another con or something. Yeah, that would be awesome. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Random Thoughts. I'm Wife. And I'm a husband. And we are here with another special guest of the Harry Potter TCG flavor. A returning guest. Yes. So returning special Harry Potter TCG flavor guest. That doesn't sound weird at all. Uh, What? Okay, so question one. If Harry Potter had a flavor, what would you describe it as? It would be toffee. Not to you. It would be toffee. To the honored guest. Okay, fine. Did you say toffee? Yes, or a treacle, not toffee. Mm, No, I think it'd be like boogers. Mm, I disagree. <laughs> because everything, he, like, and I've been re listening to the books, and literally in every book, he's like, Is that treacle tart? Give me more treacle tart. Oh, hey, there's extra treacle tart. And I have no idea what the hell that is. <laughs> it would either be boogers or something like blood sausage. Oh, gross. Super gross. Anyway, um, so, special guest, who are you? I am Stefan. Uh, I run the Harry Potter. TCG events at Gen Con, and uh, I've spearheaded the Harry Potter TCG revival. And word on the street, the rumor, if you will, is that you'll be heading up some additional events in the future, but we'll get to that in just a second. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, we just had Gen Con. We had a few events at Gen Con. Um, overall, how do you think it went? And then we can go into specifics. Overall, it was probably probably the best Gen Con I've had since I started coming back to Gen Con. So that's probably the best Gen Con in the past 10 years or so. Nice. Yeah. Um, so I guess let's start with like some of the side events before we get into the main event. So Cube, holy crap. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cube, Cube, was, Cube was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you were full for both Cubes, weren't you? Yes. Um, I did have... Uh, I did have two no-shows for each event, Okay. Um, but but it didn't matter because people were already there waiting to take snatch-up spots. Which so awesome. I did have I did have a full cube for each one. Nice. Great. Um. So that's great, and it sounded like people had a wonderful time. And the, it's was it the same cube each time or two separate cubes? It was the same one. Um, okay. And. I don't want to go into too, too too much detail, but I think that you know, I think that there might be next year there might be a uh, simultaneous cube. Okay. So two cube events having the same time with two different cubes. That be that would be cool to see. Um, yeah. I one day I will um, get to do a cube for real. It'll happen. <laughs> um, Wait, when was the last time you drafted anything? Two years ago, Gen Con, when we did the mini draft for Harry Potter, but we didn't have everybody there for the queue. Yeah. So this year was full, and 
unfortunately, we might have overstuffed our docket for Gen Con. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so we had the cube events that were very, a lot of everybody was really excited about them. And then we had Giant Wars. Yeah, Giant Wars. This is, I think, the third year I've done Giant Wars. And it's, this one was a real big flop. Yeah. Um, you know, it it started out, the first time I did Giant Wars, I think there was maybe six or seven people. I want to um, say there were six, but yeah. And then I think the year after that, I think there were maybe four. And mm-hmm. this year there were essentially two. Yeah. Um, with a third with a third straggler coming, but he didn't have a deck, so I had to loan out a deck. And yeah, it wasn't um, it wasn't the best. And uh, I think that's probably for the best because yeah. I don't I don't know if I don't know if the the game can survive off of what it has with yeah. a creating a very limited deck building strategy like giant wars. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, they're they're short version is the game needs more cards. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. But oh well giant wars has gone the way of the dodo, but it's okay. Well there's always hope in the future. True. So yes. the, and absolutely it is something that also it's we were talking with Brittany about this actually a little bit, and in general, I find those sort of formats it's it's challenging for people that are either just learning the game or returning to the game or anything like that because effectively you have to learn two hundred brand new cards against each opponent kind of thing or your, or your first opponent you sit down you have to learn two hundred new cards the hundred you have and the hundred your opponent has yeah. Um, and so, yeah, but it it is a hard thing to do. Um, but then we also have the main event, the event of the day. We had our world championship of Harry Potter. Yeah, the 2018 world championship was, uh, phenomenal. Was that our biggest year yet? That absolutely. Yes. Which is so exciting. Which was 20 players. Um, you know, I think year one, it was, um, I want to say 13. Year two was, I think, 15. Yeah. I think, I think year three was 15 and then, or 16, because we had a, we had a full, oh, you're a right. Full, we had a full list of, of players last year too, so that was 16. And then this year we had, uh, 20. Which is really exciting. And we got a lot of new faces, which was also great to see. Um, so overall, how do you think the event went? Um, anything that stood out to you? Um, first things first, I will say, if you think you're going to Gen Con and you think you're going to play in this, please sign up as soon as possible because I was just so nervous going into Gen Con. I think it was two or three weeks out. There were only nine people signed up. Okay. And I was fighting with. Gen Con for a few months to try and get extra spots. Yeah, um, and I know people seem to do that a lot across. It's not just these events, but people seem to wait until the last second. Yeah. Yes. I I mean, for many reasons, guys, it's good to sign up early. You get your ticket sent to you in the mail instead of having to wait in that hella long line. <laughs> um, really, that's the biggest thing. Like that that line is two hours. 
just was probably well, more than that. It was all the way outside the building this year. Yeah. I mean, it and, usually is, but. And most importantly for, for me, since I'm, you know, running the event, it gives me a much better idea on the number of players that are showing up. Yeah. And when I'm, when I'm creating these, you know, special events that happen once a year, um, and this was the first year where I did something that was very special, where everyone got a special tote bag that was illustrated by my friend uh, Tony Rabbit. Which was so um, exciting. Um, you know, and I, I just happened to have enough tote bags because we were going, I think I had, like I said, nine people signed up. Mm-hmm. I had to, you know, send it off to my friend to be printed, I think, three or four weeks before Gen Con. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to, just in case, I'm going to print up 18. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there were two people that didn't get the limited edition one, but uh, I believe they're partners. Yeah. Actually, no. Monica, Monica didn't get one, and uh, one of uh, my friends... Uh, wow. So nice to you. So yeah. nice to your partner. Um, yes. She who does so much for you. I know. <laughs> um, wow. Just wow. But, yeah. But it was... They are great. Like, your prize support is always, like, the highlight of the year for me. You always have such great prize support. And I don't know how you organize your stuff, yourself well enough to do it, but it is always incredible, especially those trophies this year. Um, for those of you who haven't seen them, go on the, TC- on the uh, Harry Potter TCG Facebook. There are pictures. It's fantastic. Check it out. Um, I also just don't plan at all, and I get there somehow. <laughs> I mean, that you want to know how you get there somehow? You want to know? Uh, I know. Probably drugs. Um, I, I was going to go with the person we were just talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is how you get where you are. <laughs> I was going to, you know, give Monica the props. So um, with the, uh, the decks, everything that showed up, did anything surprise you? Did anything come out of left field? What did you think? Hmm. I don't think anything really surprised me too much. Um, I, you know, it's funny this year. I feel like if there was there wasn't that anything that was like super innovative that I saw that um, shots you know, fired. <laughs> it was a sea of McGonagall. I know, I know, I was there. <laughs> it was a sea of McGonagalls. It's um. It's it's hard because I think that you know the the easiest strategy is is creatures yeah. obviously, um, and the easiest character to pair with creatures is McGonagall. Mm-hmm. Um, and I shouldn't even say the easiest; it is literally the best. Yeah. I, you know, I I built many decks, tested many decks, and tried different um, builds with character or character builds with with um, creatures and it just it just comes down to where you know you you want to be as, as aggressive as possible mm-hmm. and McGonagall gets you that aggressiveness plus tempo yeah right um, she does, and this be, being able to splash for transfiguration is incredible 
Yes, absolutely. It does so um, much good. You know, there were, there were, um, you know, Vince, I, I really liked your deck a lot. Um, uh, it didn't quite work out as planned. <laughs> we'll put it that you know, way. But, yeah, but I think that's okay because, um, you know, I, and we'll get to this later on, but I, I'm hoping that, you know, people can hone these more interesting decks later on for when they actually get to Gen Con. Mm-hmm. Um, they feel on more stable ground. Yeah. Um, but no, I I really did like yours. I'm I am a huge huge fan of Arthur Weasley. Um. Yeah. Uh, Nolan, uh, who was one of the new new players this year, uh, he borrowed a uh, Arthur deck from me, which was essentially a uh, stack deck or prison deck. Um, and those that don't don't know those terms, they come from magic. And it's right. basically a, a control-type deck that locks the other player out so that they can't play anything, and then you take over the, the game. Which, yeah, that was um, part of Tord's husband's strategy, but mostly he just got ended by Arthur Weasley being out and not being able to play his Arthur Weasley, which is one of yeah. the saddest things in this game. Like, yeah. oh, Arthur Weasley went bye-bye. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we do have some new, some new decks. Hopefully we get, everybody gets the creative juice of flowing with our special guest at the end of the event. Um, you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, so just as the top four was, was coming back, uh, starting rather, the, uh, lead designer for the Harry Potter TCG game Mm -hmm. stopped in. And, uh, I think everyone was just blown away. Right. Um, including her, I think, to some extent. She was blown away, too. She was so excited to see that we were continuing this game on. People were still playing it. Now, Um, was she just, like, at Gen Con and walked by and was like, hey, I designed that game? Well, she's still, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Stefan, she mentioned that she's still a Wizards employee. Yes. Um, if I remember correctly, she is the VP of Global Branding for Magic the Gathering. Okay. That's um, pretty exciting. Yeah, so she's, you know, she's worked her way up mm-hmm. um, to to this great position where she's in charge of basically Magic the Gathering on a global scale. Um, and at the time, she was, um, I don't remember what her title was, but she was basically in charge of the Harry Potter TCG. And I, I want to say, like, maybe another one, like MLB Showdown. Okay. Or maybe the Simpsons one. Right. Um, oh, wow. I, I didn't even know they made a Simpsons They, they made a card game yeah. for virtually everything. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. put it that way. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm learning. Um, and then the other the other designers that are credited um, for working on it worked underneath her. Um, yeah, well, that's really exciting. And, like, the fact that she showed up. And uh, do you want to spoil some of the things yeah. that she said? So she she told she told us that there was a um, broken deck that was discovered after all of the sets had been released and the character all she could remember was that Hannah Abbott was in the deck. Was she in the deck or was she the hero? I see I don't know and okay. I've been once I heard that, I, I couldn't stop brewing. 
of in course. my head. Yeah. As <laughs> and you on do. paper. Um I even I even went as far as like, oh wow, I think I have I think I might actually have the deck. And um and then I realized um I'll I'll, I'll I'm just gonna put this out there because it actually doesn't work. Um it's with the card Good Night Sleep. Okay. And which lets you use a character's ability again. Okay. Um, so if, it, if, if it's a once per game mm-hmm. uh, ability, you can use it again. Okay. And I, I, I thought that I would be able to actually loop good night sleep repeatedly. Okay. So um, why doesn't that work? Because I don't remember the exact text, and that sounds like it would work. It, it does. The only problem is that good night sleep is a healing spell. So there's no way to return it. Yeah. Um, so they did fix that, uh, but uh, apparently there's something else that's out there. Um, and I can't remember or not, but I'm, but I'm, and you know, hopefully someone will chime in in the comments, but um, I'm pretty sure she said that it was a four-color deck. I do recall her saying yeah. that. Which is just mind-boggling to me. It makes me think that she can't be the starter. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't she say something to the effect of it was essentially just four-color good stuff? Where it was just play all the the best stuff? And presumably, you could just abuse Hannah to get extra copies of your... Or if your opponent mills things from you from taking damage, you can just make sure you always hit whatever Mm -hmm. it is you happen to need at that point in time. Plus, that would add a little more consistency to the four-color because you could then, you know, just recur a lesson if you had to, I guess. Yeah, there's lots of ways I think that you could be playing um, different colors, different characters, and either, you know, especially when you have characters that uh, have once-per-game abilities, Mm -hmm. um, like uh, Palm Free, you know, being able to use her ability... And then um, using magical mess remover to then try and cycle in some other stuff and yeah, I mean you, know, you did that with um, characters, right, husbands? I was running, yeah, actually I was running one or two copies of magical mess remover last year because I remember somebody sitting next to me and they. I don't know how it came up, but I just overheard them go, well, that's the worst card in the game. Why would you play this? And I'm like, funny story. And then I just played it and started looping characters. Yeah. I mean, there was um, there was a player, I think, three years ago, Josh, who mm-hmm. was playing a three or four color good stuff deck. And he did make top four that year. Um. Actually, I think I want to say he made um, the final two, and his starter was um, Colin Creevy. Okay, that's and out of left I, field a little I bit. But I want to say that Hannah was in his deck. He also played Pomfrey, and I think he played like Crab and Goyle. I don't know. His deck was incredibly weird and strange, um, and I've tried to. Reach out to him to try and get mm-hmm. the backlist. Um, but he blocked me on Facebook. Oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I am sorry about that. But uh, okay. hopefully, everybody listening can get brewing and um, 
come up with a way, like, I, I really want, like, next year, the, this year we had a sea of McGonagall, the next year I want a sea of Hannah Abbott. I mean, yeah. she marries Neville, she's gonna be baller, it's gonna happen. <laughs> um, yeah. Right? Just she's the, the one who takes over, um, three broomsticks. Pretty sure. I can't remember. I don't know, I'm like, I'm nerding out, but I'm out of it, so who knows. Um, so yeah, we had our special, that special guest, and to me, coming into your events, it's always really exciting, it's always, you know, the community of, um, the Harry Potter TCG is always really great, um, was there anything you wanted to say on that end? On the community? Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, you know, I, uh, I posted about this on Facebook, but um, you know, I was going through a lot of struggles in real world life, not gaming life. So I, I was just stressing about work, real life. Mm-hmm. Um, anxiety was at like a 15 out of 10. And, uh, I think it was only up until maybe, maybe the first cube where I felt like I was like, all right, I can actually calm down, relax. Um, and then the next morning, so the next morning right after that was the championship and that's just, you know, everything just felt so much better. Yeah, it Uh, was, it was a really great, um, it, it, you, it was really great. Like just cause I saw you Thursday morning and then I saw you Friday morning. I was like, Oh, Stefan took a chill pill. (laughs) Um, It, it was, it was just, you know, being able to get away from from life that first night and then uh, coming in knowing I'm going to be able to see everyone again. Uh, it, it's That is the best part of, of Gen Con. I don't, I, I'm sure everyone else has their own favorite part about mm-hmm. Gen Con, but my, my, my favorite part is getting to see everyone in the Harry Potter community. Yeah, and it's, also, it's always nice when you can walk away from, like, real-world drama and not have to walk into, like, you know, gaming con drama, which does happen oh. in some games. So it's really nice stepping away and not having to deal with that. Absolutely. So um, then I guess really the big question is, uh, I know you've alluded to this a little bit on the Facebook, but for, you, you know, our listeners... The Facebook? What year is this? How old are you? You know what? Who says on Facebook? For those of you who can't see what's happening, I'm beating husband with a pillow right now. Um, But you've alluded to this on Facebook, fight me, um, (laughs) about the future of the game. So do you have any thoughts on the future of the game? What do you think's coming? Uh, What do you want to see? That sort of thing. Well, I've been thinking about it a lot, even after I made my Facebook post. Um, you know, first, first things first is that sideboards will be coming to the game. So excited! Um, and I'm, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that it's going to fix, um, some problems. I know it won't fix all, but I really hope that it'll open things up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll definitely assist in smoothing out some of those edge cases where you, you sit down and you realize, oh wait. I don't interact with that deck at all. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like in, in your case with uh, like your Arthur, right. you know, you might, you might have to have some sort of alternate win condition in your sideboard. Right. 
Whereas otherwise, against Nolan, you can't play Arthur at all. Yeah, I found that out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I knew going in, but uh, I turns out he didn't realize that until after the game that he locked me out of my oh, yeah. my primary win condition the whole time. Yeah. Um. So it's going to be a. I'm not going to do um the uh, full fifteen like it is in uh, in Magic. Um, it'll be a ten card sideboard. I think that's reasonable. Yeah. I don't. I, I want to kind of ease into it and see. Because, I mean, one one thing that I've talked with many of the, the designers for the game was that, you know, they never really tested it com- competitively. Yeah. Um, it was never meant to be a competitive game. But, um, so, we're moving into territory that's never even been thought about. Right. So I want to ease into it. And that's um, fair. I think there's... Oh, there... my God. Oh, go ahead. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. Hold on. Are you dying? Are you... No, my cat. I'm sorry. My <laughs> cat. Fine. I don't know if you're going to keep this in or not, but I'm sorry, Monica. Our cat just grabbed her socks that she was knitting and just ran off. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Oh, what a stereotypical cat. Yeah, that sounds like it. <laughs> um, I wouldn't know. Someone won't let me get one. <laughs> um... um. So what was I saying? Sorry. Oh, no, we were talking we're, about we're... the sideboard. So one of the things I was going to bring up is I think it's it's reasonable to start with 10, possibly move to 15. Because one thing that kind of gets a bad rap in, well, specifically Magic, is transformational sideboards. So when you mm-hmm. could theoretically change out, and in this game it, it may be a lot easier to shift mm-hmm. into something totally different. Yeah. So it, being able to change out a quarter of your deck like, that's yeah, a that's, lot. That's, that yeah. is a whole lot of cards. Absolutely. Um, and in some strategies where you're not even playing that many lessons, you know, there's some decks that can play, you know, as few as 14, 16 lessons. Right. And all of a sudden, you know, they shift it to a completely set of different characters or, you know, who knows. Yeah, I think I think 10 is a very reasonable starting point, and we'll see how it goes before we before any other changes can take place. Yeah. Um, so anything other than sideboards? Yes. So there's actually a few other things. Uh, second is that McGonagall, uh, and th- this is something that I've, I've talked to Josiah about for maybe the past two years, um, but I'm officially putting McGonagall on the watch list to be banned from a starting character. Mm-hmm. Only a starting character. You can play her in um, the deck, but, you know, it's... She is so incredibly powerful as a starting character that she warps the entire, like, deck construction. Right. Yeah, I um, definitely agree with that. It's... And I and, and I thought about it too with like with the other characters like, um, the other characters that provide lessons. Um, the only other one that becomes that comes as equally powerful, I think, would be, you know, I think Snape and Flitwick are on the same tier, but I don't think that they're 
as nearly as good enough. I, I think what makes it different, and I mean, this could be, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there really aren't that many transfiguration spells that have you destroy transfiguration lessons. Whereas there's a lot of charms and a lot of potions things that have you destroy those lessons to play them. So I think that kind of twists it a little bit. Yeah, I think that people, um, and I think that's something that people don't really um, think about when evaluating the card. Um, the card um, you have with with Snape, you are basically locked into so few cards because they, and especially with even with Flitwick, you know, you're either counting the number of potions that you have in play or discarding them. Yeah. So you you can still use them as a starter, but you also have to have le- the lessons of that type mm-hmm. in your deck. It doesn't and open as many possibilities as McGonagall does. Yeah, McGonagall's right. like, look, I play McGonagall's and now I'll, McGonagall and now I suddenly have a three Now three to be fair, cards. I think Flitwick does, because Charms does offer a lot of options, including yeah. a, a number of ways to try and compete with creature-based decks, because you get a lot of removal, you get Mm -hmm. some cantrips, you get some sweepers, stuff like that. So there is potential there, but the combination that McGonagall provides, I I think I agree with you, and I think it's reasonable to put it on the watch list. So I guess for people out there that aren't too familiar with it, when you say that, I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory, but can you provide a little bit more detail about what that means, how you want to handle it going forward? So, going forward, what I'm going to probably end up doing is um, building some decks. I'm going to be testing them locally here in Chicago. Um, I'm also going to take a look at uh, the deck lists that I, that I got this year. Um, see how many decks we're using McGonagall. You know, it's it's going to be a lot of things. The, the, it's really hard because the the data that we have is essentially one major tournament per year. Yeah. Yeah, the quantity is certainly not there. And I don't want to, like, uh, I don't want to be too hasty. Right. And all of a sudden, it feels like a somewhat shallow game mm-hmm. when people show up at Gen Con. Right. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very, it's a delicate type route to walk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're also introducing sideboards as we already discussed. So there's, there's a few moving parts here where it, it's tough to make a decision immediately anyway because of that. Right. Right. Um, Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think it's fair that she's on the watch list and we'll see what happens through there. Well, let me ask you this, Stefan. Do you feel that there is the potential that she could go go away for 2019's Gen Con, or are you thinking longer term than that? I think it would probably be longer term. I I don't know if I don't know if uh, I don't know if I can have enough information to then say in 2019 that she's 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 gone from starting. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think I think what I would probably end up 
doing is really making sure that the players that are coming, um, that they're exploring deck choices as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're not automatically going to McGonagall. Which is fair. Um, it's hard because the number the number of decks that I've built just seem weaker versus throwing in McGonagall. Yeah. Right. There's always that situation of, well, I could do this, or I could just play McGonagall. Right. <laughs> and that, that comes up in every game. There's, all, there's Well, maybe not always, but that question does come up until somebody figures out whatever the answer happens to be. Maybe it's that Hannah Abbott Dex that's floating out there. You're going to figure it out. It's going to happen. But I think, <laughs> I think that's a reasonable way to take it and then kind of just see where the cards lay. Now that since you had gotten the lists from this year, if, if they get posted online and give people a base to build from, because there were a bunch of new faces this year, and there were a bunch of people who said, oh, well, I just I didn't realize there was stuff going on. So hopefully this will give them, you know, a standard, for lack of a better way to put it, that they can build on and they come up with their own ideas and say, oh, well, this idea yeah. worked. This is the framework for this, that sort of thing. Yeah, I hope so. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to say about the future of the game or anything like yes. that? Yes. So, um, I think that YouTube might actually be the most happiest about this, but um, I'm probably going to introduce a mulligan. Yay! Nice. Um, that was not in your original wait, list, so that, wait, that's no, news. It was not. I don't think we're going to be the happiest about this, because Brittany and I might have started a uh, petition that we were going to have Monica sign later, so... <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say that's that's a pretty that's pretty exciting for a lot of us at least. There, that's a significant change. So that's uh, that's something I'm sure there'll be a it'll definitely stir some discussion. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Amongst the people. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many purists are out there with the game still. I don't know how many are, you know, started playing the game when it first came out and then are coming back and saying, well, you know. You've ruined it. Right. Um, maybe the only one is maybe Josiah. <laughs> jo- Josiah has two W's under his, under his belt. He can handle it. I think so, too. <laughs> um, so do you, have you thought more on the terms of the mulligan, or are you going to leave that be until you flesh it out a little bit more? Um, I'm going to research it a bit more. Okay. I don't, I don't really know if I want to go the... Uh, current Magic the Gathering mulligan route, mm-hmm. where you're, you can take as many mulligans as you want, but you have to go down one less. Um, Fair. There are a lot of other cleaner options out there that, because uh, virtually every other game out there has some form of a mulligan, yeah. although we do play other games that don't have one. and That it, might be changing too. Well, we'll, we'll see. Um, I'll believe it when it happens. But yeah, so I mean, obviously there's the WoW mulligan rules. There are really other, old magic yeah, mulligan really rules. Old magic mulligan rules. So <laughs> yeah. it's well, it's exciting to hear that that's potentially on the horizon. So everybody, listeners out there, definitely keep your eyes peeled and check out the Facebook group for updates. Is that where everybody should go? Actually, before I say that, yeah, um, I would say go to the Facebook group for now. I am going to be starting the process of 
updating the website. Okay. Um, me and Tresley are going to uh, start hashing out ideas and uh, how to roll stuff out. Um, I have already reached out to quite a few people uh, about writing content. Great. Um, you know, guest content, and then maybe something like a, a monthly article or something. Um, but you know, I, I really want the, the the website to be the place to go mm-hmm. because I know that a lot of people don't use Facebook. Yes, and some people really don't like it. And some people got guilted into it just because that's the place that uh, we were all talking about it. I'm looking at them right now. Well, Hi, to be fair, I don't think it's unreasonable. I think you're, it's it's good to, A, have the information in multiple places. Because like you said, there are people that either don't want to or can't or whatever the reason happens to be. But also, let's face it, Facebook can be a little difficult to navigate sometimes, especially with recent changes they've made. Right. You let us yes. spin down the rabbit hole. No, no, no rabbit holes. This is no, we're not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, that's I'm I'm like I'm actually doing a dance right now. How excited <laughs> I am! Um, so I I won't I won't keep bringing it back up. So is there anything else that you're thinking for the future or? Um, rule changes? No, I think that's about it. Um. Uh, but you do have other, based on your post, it seems like you do have other contents on the horizon, aside from the website. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be some multiple events outside of Gen Con. Um, there's going to be one in Indianapolis. I'm assuming it'll probably be sometime in the fall, like in, like late fall. Okay. Um, maybe in November. Um, I'm going to have to, there's quite a few players that are down there, so I'm going to have to coordinate with them. But I think once that date gets set, I can, I'll be able to post about that. Um, and then there's also going to be some drafts happening in Chicago. Um, I already have um, Jason, one of the... Uh, New players uh, is coming up to Chicago in middle of October, so I'm going to be hosting a draft at my apartment. Awesome. And uh, I know for sure me, him, and Monica will be there. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure Edric and Lindsay and uh, quite a few other people will be, will be coming out too. But uh, if anyone hears this and is actually living in the Chicago area, you know, join the Facebook group, or if you're already in there, message me. And I'm hoping to stream those on Twitch. Which will be really exciting. We'll be excited to watch that stuck on the East Coast. Yes. Far, far away. And um, I don't think I've actually told you two this yet, but uh, I don't know when Monica and I are planning to come out there, but I want to get an event out in... The East Coast. I don't know if it's going to be in Philadelphia. Okay. But because there's uh, quite a few players in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know, you know, that's what that we'll have to coordinate. But there's other people in Philadelphia um, other than other than you two, FYI. Yeah. If you didn't know that. 
Um, I, I had seen that in the Facebook group recently. It's just life's been, you know, slowly spiraling out of control, but I was... Yeah, right now, understandable. On, yeah. We'll have to see if we can expand. There is the potential Pax Unplugged, I know, is still doing their thing, and they're going to be in Philly for a yeah. while, so I, I don't was, know if the Pittsburgh crew makes it out to that, but there's I, the potential yeah. that's something you could target. I was going to um, put in the Facebook group for Pax Unplugged, bring decks, just come play. Wouldn't really be mm-hmm. an event, but, you know, bring it, come this, play. That's end of November, correct? Yes, it is. Yeah. So that's something that we might be able to come out for. Do it. Um, you know, maybe go to PAX Unplugged. I actually looked at to you know at PAX Unplugged for running events there, and basically you can't. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not it's not user submitted events. Ah. Uh. Um, they select partners to then run events at their. At their okay. convention. Interesting. Okay. But but that doesn't mean that we can't go to a brewery. Of course. Well, yeah, and they they did have a, like a bunch of spouts. They did have like a dead card game hall where people were just like sitting down and playing games. So I'm sure we oh, could really? just sit down and yeah, play there games were, there. There was actually a uh, Hecatomb sealed deck event there, which oh. was kind of staggering because that game like. I don't. I don't think I ever met anyone else who's aware that game existed until I saw it on the list there. That's crazy. Yeah, they, and there were a number of other games that I remember seeing, as in I knew they existed, but I'd never played. So hopefully that'll be a returning thing, and maybe we can find a home in there. And this happens. This happens downtown Philadelphia at the convention center, right? Yeah, yep. it is at thirteenth. Uh, 13- Slash 15th, really, like, the convention center takes up, like, five blocks. Yeah, but, it, it's big. Um, yeah, yeah, right by the Reading Terminal, right? Yeah, right by Reading Terminal Market. It, um, it's the 11th Street exit on the L means you don't have to go outside. Well, I mean, that sounds like a really great time for a lot of people to meet up, so. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think that, uh, I think we can put that down as a, as a soft booking. All right. Great. Well, um, is there anything else you wanted to say, or do you have any shout-outs, plugs, anything like that? Um, shout-out to Monica. Because she's the greatest, and we love her. For helping me with everything. That's um, true. Most of the events probably wouldn't have gone as well without her. She's actually she 100% true. Yeah. She packed all the little goodie bags everyone got with the stickers and the pins. Which, um, um, yeah, they may have already found homes on all my stuff. (laughs) Um, I get people at the museum, we all decorate our lanyards, and people are asking me about my uh, Harry Potter TCG pins all the time. (laughs) And, uh, let's see, shout out to Edric and Lindsay, also helping me out with everything. Um, Being probably the best hotel roommates for conventions ever. Nice. Um, shout out to the guy selling rib tips on the way back to my hotel room. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, I don't remember I don't remember his name, but he had a uh, beautiful like aquarium barrel smoker and he was just I got a full I got a full uh, rack of ribs on the way back from uh, 
what was that was the uh the championship night so so he's the real mvp is what you're telling us oh yeah he yeah. was the major mvp <laughs> Well, awesome. Thank you so much, Stefan, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Of course. Um, and join us next time for more Random Thoughts. So for all other things Random Thoughts, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. At our website, randomsthoughts.wordpress.com, you can now find us on Facebook under the tag of Random Thoughts. Or find us on Twitter at RandThoughtPod. That's at R-A-N-D ThoughtPod. And please feel free to reach out to us on Gmail at RandomThoughtsPodcast at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon. <laughs>